0: Let us pray. Our Lord, we come to you this morning, and we bow before you, and we just step into your presence. You are always with us, but the problem is that we are so busy with life and the things around us that we do not always notice your presence. And you knew it, and that's why you told us that we should come together on a given day on Sunday now for us, where we we could get away from the busyness of this life for a moment and just look around and then see the presence of God, the person of God that came to be with us. Thank you, Lord, for giving us your Spirit, and thank you for helping us realize and know and understand that the same Spirit that that moved John to write these things down, is with us today. So guide us, encourage us, provide for us. It is in your name that we are here. Amen. So all of you, all of us received probably the biggest gift that anyone can have. That gift brought you here today. Not your car, not your car. And the gift that brought you here today It's life, isn't it? So the moment when you have a birthday, people sing for you, happy birthday. And we send people happy birthday wishes because isn't your birthday supposed to be a happy day? It's supposed to be a happy day because you're supposed to be happy to be born. But are you? That's the question. You see, I have found in my work that a lot of people are sort of stuck with their lives and they look at their lives as if they do not know what to do with it. It's like the dog chasing a bus and then he caught the bus because the bus stopped and now he doesn't know what to do with the bus. And that's in a way true of many people. If you look or listen to them, they are sort of stuck with this gift that they have received and they really do not know really what to do with it. And then the problems start. Then the difficulty begins. Then the crisis that life sometimes brings into your life starts to happen. And the smile and the happiness that life should bring starts to fade. There's a young man, I I, I think I'm correct, many years ago that sued his parents for having him. Actually, in uh, in 2019, a guy in Mumbai in India did the same. He was 27 years old, and he sued his parents for having him. He said, you guys bestowed a lot of pain and suffering upon my life by having me. You gave me something that I think I should not have had that is just painful and horrible and difficult. A man was looking at his friend and he said to him, you look somewhat depressed to me. Why are you so depressed? The man said, I'm thinking about my future. He says, so what about your future makes you so hopeless? He says, my past. There's a new great depression going on, I think, in the time that we now live. When you talk about the Great Depression, people think about the 1930s, you know, when the stock market really crashed completely. But now if I look at the time that we live in, it's actually a time where things are supposed to be the most comfortable, isn't it? We've got all of this technology, things that can entertain us. We've got, I think most people have enough food in our country in America. I don't really think you need to go hungry in our country. There's always a place where you can find food, I promise you. We live in a time when when things are easier, I think, in many different ways than it were probably in the past. But still we are surrounded with people that are unhappy with who they are. 21 million people, that's according to the statistics that I found last week. 21 million people in our country have one or two major depression events in a year. Not just feeling down, they had the event where they could not get out of bed because of life. And then we know, 47,000 people plus decided that they've had enough of this life. They can't really continue with what they've got. And then you, you can see the statistics about how many people die of overdoses. And why do people overdose? Because they are on drugs. And why are people on drugs? Because they are trying to escape this world. And to me, it's the most shocking statistic to think that 422 people are dying every day. Either of it overdose or suicide. Those two things. And why? Because they are in crisis with life, with this gift that they have received, and they do not know what to do with it anymore. So as you and I journey through our day, and as we journey through our workspace and school and wherever we are, I promise you, if you look in the eyes of people, one out of ten, maybe sometimes two out of ten, people that you interact with are struggling with life and struggling with themselves and struggling how to cope with this world. Last in my series, where the Lord says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. (laughs) That's when the Lord said, I'm going away. How will we know the way? The Lord said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, the Lord says, you will also live. John 5. Very truly, I tell you, anyone who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has eternal life and does not come under judgment, but has passed from death to life. Very truly, I tell you, the hour is coming and now it's here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. For just as the Father has life in himself, so has he granted the Son also to have life. In himself, the dead, the dead will hear my voice. You know, as you page through the Bible, and especially through the Old Testament, you will find that there's this curse that rests upon people. This curse that rests upon us is named by the word word, sin. Because the Lord said, if you live outside of my will, you are sinning. Mostly when we talk about sin, people think, oh, the pastor is going to talk about the fact that I said a wrong word or that I had this thought or I did something or whatever. That is not the definition of sin. It includes those things. But what is the definition of sin, the Hebrew definition of sin? It's to miss your goal. It's to constantly shoot at a target and you miss the target or you're actually shooting at the wrong target and not getting the outcome that you thought you should have. So what are we shooting at? What happened when we left paradise? What happened when we started to walk away from God? We decided, and the world in a sense decided this for us, that now the new goal in life is to get. Is to get when you are younger, a little bit older. There's this young boy that was sitting in class and the teacher said to him, what do you want to be one day? What do you want to do? He said, I just want to be older. I just want to be older. That's all I want to do. So all of us, when you are this big, wants to get older. And when you are a little bit older, what do you want? You want to get into a college. And when you get into a college, you want to get a boyfriend or a girlfriend. And then you want to get a car. And then you want to get a degree. Then you want to get married. Then you want to get a job. Then you want to get money. Then you want to get a house. I can continue. I'm tired already. And then I want to get all of these things that I think is important to me because I want to, get to go on vacation, and I want to get a new plan, I want to get a new TV. I want to get, non-stop getting things. That's what the world offers us now and says, this is the new goal in life. You need to go out and get, and the moment when you got what you were looking for, you will get happy. And we know that is not true. We know that is not true. We know that going to get without God actually pus- pus- puts you in this little hamster wheel where you are running in a circle and you are actually not getting anywhere. You know, I, um, I have this tennis racket thing there. But your in- iniquities have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear from Isaiah. Do you know what the the purpose of tennis is? You get a racket and you get a ball and you need to have someone on the other side of the net. Because if there's no one there, you can't play tennis. Or you need a wall. Because if you hit the ball, the ball is supposed to come back. Otherwise you're just hitting the balls away and there's nothing left. If I look at life, it looks to me sometimes like people are... Like playing tennis without an opponent or a wall. They stand in the field and they hit the ball and the ball is gone. That's how I perceive how a lot of people experience life. There's no point. There's no goal. There's nothing that comes back to them that gives them some kind of value about what life is all about. And this is what this getting thing is all about. I'm actually just hitting balls into the distance and there's nothing coming back. When the Lord comes to us and he says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, he's talking to people that are struggling with life. In that time also, not only us in 2022. And he knows that the reason why people are struggling with life is because we are missing our goal. Because we are chasing a goal that is not satisfying. It's an empty goal to chase. It's like hitting a ball away that will never come back. That will never give me the answer that I'm looking for. That's why he came to this world, and that's why he stepped into this world. And then then he says, the dead will hear my voice. And the moment that you acknowledge God, then you will hear his voice. And that is the problem with the world that we live in. The world is trying to convince you and convince me there is no such one as God. The world wants to convince us that you can get along in this life without God and being okay. And actually we are proving the world wrong day by day. I I did not show you the graph, but you must look at it. Since we started to remove Bibles from the schools, we started to remove God from the conversation in this country. Since we started to remove everything about church and religious stuff in this world, in this country of ours, people became more and more desperate and depressed. Of course, that's what happens if you remove God. So when the Lord comes to him, He says the dead will hear my voice, the first thing that is asked is for you and me and the world outside to acknowledge there's a God because if you do not acknowledge that He's there, how you will you listen to Him? The second thing that the Lord says constantly in, in, in the Bible to us, your life is not yours. It's never yours. It doesn't own, it's not owned by your parents either. Because our parents were just instruments that God used to give us life because life can only come from God. And He's the owner of life. Why am I alive in 2022 and standing in front of you in Orlando? It's a God thing. He decided for me to be born in 1956 and not in 1946. He decided for me to be here in Orlando at this point and I believe it with all my heart and not be somewhere else. Because I believe, like, your life and my life is owned by God, and He gives me my time and my space. He gives me my beginning, and He knows when my end will be. And everything in between is owned by Him, and God says, I own this. It's mine. The life that you received is from me. And therefore, listen to my voice. And what will you hear if you listen to my voice? You will hear that I'm the God that has a purpose for you. I'm a God that has a promise for you. I'm a God that wants you to know that this life that you have in this world is not defined by the world, but it's defined by God himself. And God is the one that gives you the purpose and the reason for your life and for living and not this world. That in this world you are allowed to get. That's fine. You can get a boyfriend, a girlfriend, an education, a nice car, a nice house. There's nothing wrong in getting, but without God in this getting, your life will be empty. You will run dry. you will get to the point of desperation and probably total dis- probably, uh, probably total deprivation, uh, um, depression. What is it that, Cro- that Christ came to promise us? He came to promise us a life not only after death, but a life here and now. You know, it's advent. And the reason why I'm preaching this sermon today is because Advent is a very difficult time for lots of people. You will have no idea how many, many people struggle in this season. It is as if the lights that goes up in our towns and in and, and our, and our neighborhoods and whatever reminds people of what they do not have. It is as if the music that sings about joy and peace and all these beautiful things just reminds them of the darkness in their own lives. And therefore, the light, the candles that we light on the Sunday are all, and these lights are all symbols of the fact that God says, I know how dark this world is that you guys are living in, but I am the light that needs to draw you towards me. If you focus on the darkness, you will be dark. If you focus on the light, you can receive what I want you to have. And what is it that God wants us to have? A restored, a restored relationship. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, a new creation has come. The old has gone and new is here. All this is from God who re- reconciled himself to us through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. What does it mean? And I'm almost done. It's my second last slide. It means that if you and I face life and we think about our own life, and we maybe need to help uh, someone else outside of our, our church with their struggle with life, I need to be very clear about what is the goal of life and living. If the goal of life and living is only stuff that is important to me, I will run out of energy, I will run out of steam, I will run out of hope. Because all the things I'm chasing will not satisfy the need that I have in my heart. Because there's a need in every person's heart. And that's to know who he is, where, who she is, and where they come from. That only lies within God. And in a restored relationship with him. So the first thing I need to do every single day of my life when I wake up is to say good morning to my father. Father. If I start my day without saying hi to my father and having a chat with him, I promise you I will run out of steam that day. The day will overwhelm me and I get into bed and I will feel depressed or down. Because how can you face this life on your own? That's not what God wants. God wants us for him to be our goal. To look at him and say, God, I'm here. You gave me this day. It's not my day. It's your day. You fill this day with what you think is the best to serve your kingdom. And the moment when I think like this, even suffering has a new meaning. Because suffering is not yet, doesn't mean then that I become a victim of this world. But suffering means that God warns me. Oh, 30, in this world that I've placed you. Suffering may be a part of this. As my son experienced this, as other other people who followed me in the Bible experienced this, your suffering may be part of building a kingdom that will last way longer than only your own story, your own life. You see, when you sit with God and you start to chat with Him and talk to Him about your life, and about this world, and about all the things that concerns you, and you allow him to speak, the Lord said, they will hear my voice. I will understand that God feels and thinks way different than I do in the world do about the world that I'm placed in. Because it has to do with his purposes and his goal. Paul says the following, I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Him for myself. The curse of sin, the curse of focusing on the wrong goal, the curse of removing God from who I am and what life is all about is death. Is is to die within. It's to lose your value and, and yourself and your identity. It's to lose the purpose of being. It is missing out on the relationships that God wants us to thoroughly enjoy within His will. Paul comes and he says the only way we can reverse this curse is by allowing what Christ came to do for us to be a part of our daily living. So on a daily basis, I need to say to myself, what I have is because of God, and what God gave to me is possible through His Son that died for me. And now everything starts to look different because I'm defined not only by this world, but I'm defined by Jesus. I said to someone recently, who was really struggling. I said, do you think you were not part of Christ's death on the cross? You know, I think when he was nailed to the cross and he was thinking about life, he was thinking about you personally, and he saw your life and he said, I will die for him, for her also. That is your value. Jesus did not die for faceless people. He died for you by name and for me by name. And if I just remind myself of this, then suddenly why I am is not because of my parents or this world. Why I am is because of God. He values me so much that his son died for me. Why will I not then have joy? Why will I not then have a smile every day and celebrate happy birthday every day? Why will I not make the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing so that, you, so that the, by the power of the Holy Spirit you may be abound to know. Why can't that be, not be a part of my life and of living? I charge you. I challenge you. Make every day a happy birthday. Not only once a year. Every day. Because this day is given to you by the only holy living God. And wants, what he wants you to do is to live this day with a smile. Life is hard. Life is difficult. It's absolutely filled with pain and suffering and nonsense and rubbish and bad news. And all of this ter- these terrible things. But why am I allowing this to crush me down? I've got the only holy living God that gave me my space and my place, and my time. Therefore, I trust Him. I trust Him with this day, as I will trust Him with the next day. And I give everything that I face to Him, because in all of this, I can never be alone. That's His promise. My Spirit will come. I'm leaving you, He said to His disciples, but my Spirit will come to remind you, you are not alone every, any moment, of every day, I am Emmanuel, God with you. Live with a smile. That's what God asks of you. Amen.